healthcare system is broken, but it doesn't have to be. This is Revenue Cycle Optimized by Infinix Healthcare. We discuss the latest challenges in the revenue cycle space and provide actionable tips on how to overcome them at your organization. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, welcome to our session. We're excited this week to have David Bird with us, who is our Chief Growth Officer here at Infinix. Um, we're going to discuss today how to evaluate patient access tools. Uh, there's a lot of technology tools popping up in the market on the patient access side and can be challenging for providers to know where to begin, how to even start to evaluate what their needs are. So David's going to provide us his insight into the evaluation process, what questions you should ask, and kind of what your process should be in evaluating. So thanks, David, so much for joining us. We're glad to have you back. Sure. Happy to be here. So let's jump in. Who should be involved in evaluating patient access technology? So it, it really depends on the size of the organization, obviously, but typically what we see is patient access leadership, patient access specialists, meaning those individuals that are actually, you know, sitting on the phone, dialing the payers, going out to the portals, um, entering data into the systems. Um, that's what we would define as a patient access specialist. But then we also see the IT department get involved only for the purposes of understanding the API specifications or integration and or HL7. Oftentimes we'll also see revenue cycle management personnel get involved just to understand the workflow, how that prior authorization data will flow into um, either the EMR or the, the separate billing system or practice management system that they may have. That's typically who's involved, and that covers the gamut, right? The patient access, responsibilities, the integration, how it works, and then downstream flow of the data. I think you brought up a really good point. I'm sure you've seen this. I've seen this. Folks that wait till the end to pull in IT folks. <laughs> and um, yeah. That's not what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it's not because it can, it can derail the process. Um, they right. have a better understanding usually from than the patient access people of the priorities of IT projects that are in the works. Um, but with a simple API integration, you know, what we've seen is it really doesn't take that long to get the system set up when IT is involved, it typically can take four to six weeks, which is pretty quick for, for an integration. So now that we've determined who needs to be involved, how do you figure out what your needs are before, you know, starting the sales process with any organization, probably good to identify what you need first. So how do you do that? Yeah. So when, as a sales guy, right, um, don't hold that against me, but when I hear the <laughs> word needs, that comes across as challenge to me. So it's really taking a look internally at the prior authorization process and identifying your challenges or bottlenecks. You know, are you having 
high denial rates, not only on the claim side, but on the prior authorization side. Um, if you're having denials on the claim side and even upstream on the prior authorization side, then that means that's going to flow downstream, which affects your write-offs. So are you having a challenge with write-offs when it comes to prior authorizations? Workflow. Um, you know, a lot of people within the patient access department or the RCM department that are in leadership don't fully grasp the granularity of the prior authorization workflow, what it actually takes and the mundane task that it takes to get that prior authorization approval. You know, sitting on, on phone calls all day, like I mentioned before, going out to the portal, following up, following up with patients. It's a very mundane process. And what happens or what we see is churn within the patient access department. So staffing becomes a challenge or a need. You know, just the overall um, turnaround time of getting a prior authorization can be a need. So it's really sitting down probably with the patient access specialist or the person that's doing the prior authorization and asking them, what are your daily challenges? What gives you headaches, right? What keeps you up at night? When you're, when you're thinking about the next day to come into the office, um, you know, patient scheduling becomes a problem if you don't have um, a quick turnaround time for, for authorization. So it's really understanding what your workflow is today, what the challenges of those workflows are, and then is it impacting the back end or downstream affecting reimbursement? So if you can identify those needs up front, you're probably going to have a better conversation with the prior off solution or vendor that you're speaking with. All really good tips. So obviously we're talking about technology solutions today. A lot of folks throwing out the terms AI, intelligent, you know, mm-hmm. however, when you kind of pull the curtain aside, they're not really <laughs> fully intelligent, you know, they're not leveraging technology advances. So uh, what characteristics should someone look for in an intelligent patient access solution? So you bring up a good point. I mean, I've been in HIT for longer than I'd like to admit, over 20 years (laughs) now. First came into my AI world with computer-assisted coding with a mm-hmm. technology called natural language processing, which you know mm-hmm. has the ability to read and understand text as a human. And 15 years ago, you know the the AI buzz was was in the marketing world, and it, it still holds true today. A lot of companies pitch that, but they don't truly have artificial intelligence or machine learning. So one thing that you want to do is is really understand what kind of data scientist team do you have, and and you don't need to you know get granular because you know having been in this world for as long as I have, I still don't know the details around how AI works from a deep understanding. I can I can tell you from a high level, but when it comes to really understanding how AI works and machine learning works, that's where you get into data science. And to have someone like our chief product officer, Navanese, he speaks so well to it because he knows it so well. You can really start to weed out who has that technology or who doesn't. 
And so in the prior authorization world, it really starts with understanding, does the auth need a prior authorization or, or does the procedure test need a prior authorization or not? And that is where machine learning comes in and AI comes in. And the way that I like to describe it is machine learning is basically statistically trendlining the behavior historically and currently of how a payer is approving prior authorizations or determining if that procedure with that benefit plan needs an auth or not. And then the second stage of, of the process is understanding the submission of the auth to the payer. What are the specific requirements that that payer requires in order to initiate the auth. Some payers will require clinical documentation for certain procedures, others won't. There's certain other types of uh, data criteria that a benefit manager may require that a payer won't. So that's where the AI mimics the behavior of a human leveraging the machine learning on what it's seen historically and then currently. And then, you know, there, there's simple things like using RPA, robotic process automation, to, to validate that that payer has truly received the, the auth and they're processing it. There's no problems with it. It's on file. And then, again, the AI comes in and mimics human behavior by identifying where that auth is in the um, prior authorization workflow process. Has it been approved? If it has, does the technology automatically bring back all the information that's required to drop to the claim so the physician or, or the lab can get reimbursed appropriately? Is there certain other elements that the payer may want to discuss and that's where we like to shine, where we say, you know, augmented intelligence, meaning, you know, AI can't talk to a payer and identify this is the reason why um, we requested the authorization. You can see within the documentation the history of the patient, and this is why we're requesting that auth information. So w when we talk about intelligent patient access solutions, you know, you, you really need to dig a little deeper into what's behind the process of the solution. Does it truly have AI? Do they truly have a data scientist team? What other type of components, technology components are being leveraged outside of humans to help with that process? So to that end, what does the complete solution actually look like? I think, you know, we've talked about technology, but the reality is technology can't completely replace the entire process. So what should folks be looking for in terms of a complete prior auth patient access solution? You know, it kind of, it kind of gets back to your first question around evaluating, you know, patient access technology and the goals that the facility or the lab may have. Specifically, you know, do you want your people involved or how involved do you want your people? There's a lot of solutions out there that can initiate an off, which is mm -hmm. great. But what happens if that initiation doesn't go through? 
then you're going to have your people step in to correct whatever failed during the initiation. So from my standpoint, when I'm talking to people in the market about prior authorization solutions, they usually are short on staff. They've redeployed or pulled resources to help with with patient access um, from other departments. So in speaking to the market, what they're looking for is a complete solution that can minimize their staff's involvement with the patient access process and, and getting that prior authorization. And that even goes to the extent of insurance verification and benefits, right? Mm-hmm. The complete solution also addresses, does that patient require an auth at the benefit level. A lot of times, you know, people will look at eligibility and all it does is it checks, yep, the patient has insurance. But for this specific procedure, for that specific payer and patient, is the auth required? You know, so if you can alleviate the upfront stream or the upfront process, even starting at eligibility, taking it all the way through until you get that auth information, that's what we hear from the market that people want or patient access leaders want. That's such a good point. I mean, if you're evaluating a solution because you've got staffing challenges, having a solution that's just going to kick back anything that requires additional work kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. And, I, and again, I think, you know, because the, the leaders are, are flying at 30,000 feet and you have the patient mm-hmm. access specialist, you know, down in, in the weeds, they're not understanding the process. And, you know, if you, if you talk to those patient access specialists, they'll tell you the portals change. They change right. the question, the clinical guideline questions, right? And so you think about it, software, even AI isn't that intelligent, right? If a portal changes the format or they change the questions on the, on the format, technology is going to fail, And so, again, when we're speaking to the market, they want us to have that augmented intelligence, meaning that specialist that can jump in, have a loop back to engineering saying, hey, you know, Cigna changed the portal. They Mm -hmm. they updated questions. We need to update the AI schema or, or whatever, but it pushes the process through so the customer doesn't even know it. So... What questions should you ask? We talked a little bit about digging deeper into their AI and their data science team. What other questions should someone ask during the sales process? I don't think we have that much time, but I can tell you um, (laughs) what we hear. Number one question that we get posed more often than not is payer connectivity. Mm. Right, which which is key. If you don't have connectivity to the payers or the benefit managers, you know, that, that's definitely a question that needs to be posed. Turnaround sure. time is another question that people should ask with the understanding that, you know, the payers have their process. So when you're speaking about turnaround time, it really has to do with the technology again. How much does it follow up? How, how, how do you streamline getting that auth information to the payer and getting all the right requirements that that pair has identified so the pair can turn around the auth in a quick manner. There's all kinds of questions around 
how do you handle this procedure for this payer? I think that that's important. A lot of times, you know, United Health comes up a lot. How do how do you interact with United Health and deal with this specific procedure? So payer connectivity, interaction with the payers, the workflow and the technology. Um, integration, have you integrated with this EMR or this mm-hmm. system before? What is my staff going to have to do versus what are you going to do? And then obviously the, the question that always gets posed more often than not is what's your pricing model? How do you mm-hmm. price? So those are all good questions that, you know, someone looking for a prior off solution should have it at top of mind or at least a checklist uh, to ask. Great. Any last minute words of advice, David, before we close out? Yeah, I just think that, you know, it, it really comes down to what um, the challenges are within the organization and then mm. identifying the goals to those challenges and aligning it with um, the solution that best meets those challenges. Great words of advice. All right. Well, thanks again, David, for being with us today. Um, Have a great evening, everyone. Um, And again, if you've got questions, don't hesitate to reach out and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode is online. For more information for how we can help you increase reimbursements at your company, check out our website at infinix.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-X dot com.